Let's spend a moment as we open up to the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. You know, the secret of moving in prophetic ministry or any other ministry which is directly prompted by the Holy Spirit is that sensitivity. And there is a part of your spirit that is sensitive to God, vulnerable to the impressions, susceptible to the impressions and impulses that come from the Spirit. And when He, the Holy Spirit, does that, it's revelation. And that revelation many times can be something that He wants you to share with others, all in line with the disciplines and accountability structures of the Christian community. But when those words are given, they release life. They release power. They release revelation. So, Lord, we open our hearts to you tonight. And we thank you for this presence, your presence, in this place. And we say, Father, have your way amongst us. And do what only you can do in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Now, I'm going to do some a presentation, a bit of teaching tonight, but I am not wanting to go right down the line of a full Bible study and teaching. I'm, I'm not wanting to do that. And that means that what I say tonight will be just a selection of some of the things that could be said, but I'm very keen that you do get the teaching. And one of the ways of doing that is by getting this book, The Fivefold Ministry. There is a very large section dealing with the prophetic ministry, and um, those chapters will help you and will give you a far more complete picture than I'm able to give you tonight. But the main point is to allow the Holy Spirit to break in whenever He wants to tonight. So we say again, Holy Spirit, have your way in Jesus' name. I want to say a few words about how to prepare to give and receive a prophetic word. And uh, we have sensed together as we've been seeking God about what He wants to do, particularly on the Sunday evenings, and we believe that the release of prophecy and the prophetic word is going to be key to the release of His power and His blessing in the service. And we have a whole bunch of people that are feel called and equipped to prophetic ministry. We've been meeting with them over the months and training them and exercising a certain structure, setting up a structure and a discipline. One of the most important things you need to know is when people are prophesying over your life, you need to know who they are. You need to know where they've been. You need to know who they're accountable to. And this is part of regulating the gift and flow of the Holy Spirit. Some people are so against all regulations. And really, a typical prophet says, oh, you know, you're trying to regulate me. I want to be free, free in the Spirit. And I'll tell you, when is a train free? When it is driving smoothly on the tracks, as it was designed to do, or when it's off the rails, hurtling across the field. That kind of freedom is not freedom. It is cat catastrophe. And in some cases, prof prophecy and prophetic words have, have got a bad name. 
because of lack of discipline and lack of understanding. And, and uh, even though I would not say that I am a prophet, I do understand how prophetic ministry operates. I was in Kenya a couple of years ago, and there was a prophet. I mean, he was a wild prophet. I mean, he was more wild than that. Great man. And uh, when, when he stood up to prophesy, he broke all of the taboos in the church. And just like prophets love to do, take the lid off things, stir it up. And uh, so there's a little bit of disturbance about that. And I, I, I actually was able to stand up and say, do you know what was happening? And explain the dynamic of how prophetic words operate. You expect to be stirred up. You don't expect the prophet to, to, to be like a Bible teacher. You don't expect... Uh, you know, you just need to be released into what God has for you. Because there's not just one of them. There's five major ministry flows. Prophets, apostles rather, prophets, evangelists. Wow, we've got a few of them here. Evangelists, pastors. We've got some <laughs> pastors and teachers. And uh, we all need each other. So the security of uh, a fivefold ministry is that the different ministries flow together. Now, God speaks in so many different ways. The most important way that we know of is through the Scriptures and through the person of Jesus Christ. The Bible in the book of Hebrews says that God's full and final revelation has come through His Son, Jesus Christ, the Lord. Now, this revelation is complete. One of the big mistakes prophets make is to preface what they say with a thus says the Lord, meaning, uh, you know, if you refuse me, then you're rejecting God because I am speaking to you the words of God. And the biggest mistake we can make is not to test and check out what is being said in line with the Scriptures. So you say, if we have the Scriptures... Why do we need prophecy? If the Bible is the Word of God, God doesn't need to speak outside of the Bible. I'm not so sure that God ever speaks outside of the Bible, but the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of Revelation, witnesses to God's Word. How? By impressing upon us its truth, by witnessing to it and confirming it. And, and sometimes a prophetic word will be nothing more than a very special word which presents a scripture truth to you in a way that is special to you and, and can never be quite as special in that form to anybody else because it's so personal. One way that the Holy Spirit testifies to the scripture and to the person of Jesus is through the gift of prophecy. Have a look at this scripture, Revelation chapter 19 and verse 10. Revelation 19, verse 10. At this, I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, don't do it. This was an angel appearing to John in the book of Revelation. And the angel was so awesome. This messenger of God was so powerful that John couldn't help himself. He just fell down at his feet and began to worship the angel. And he said, cut that out. Don't do that. I am a servant just like you. And then it says, uh, I'm a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Any prophecy that does not uphold the person, identity, and the character of Jesus is not from him. Then it goes on to say, 
For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So the gift of prophecy, the spirit of prophecy, witnesses to Jesus. And it does this in a special way. It exposes the reality of the heart of Christ. In John's Gospel, chapter 4, there's a story, a well-known story, where Jesus' prophetic ministry in reaching out to people through personal knowledge of their life is, is one of the best examples. It's the story of the woman of Samaria. You remember the story. You know how Jesus gave a word and said, go and bring your husband. And she, she said, um, which one? I've had five, and the man I live, no, she said, anyway, I don't have a husband. And he said, yeah, I know, uh, and you've had five, and the one you have now is not your husband. And she went away saying to the villagers, come and meet a man who told me everything that I ever did. The story of her life involved five husbands and one man that was not her husband. That wasn't just a kind of history a record. It was the story of her heart. And we can speculate and say that this woman had, had a heart broken many times. She put all her faith and trust in personal relationships, believing that she would meet that one man that would make her happy and fulfill her deepest need. And she was disappointed. Ladies, such a man does not exist. Oh, well, actually, he does exist, but his name is Jesus. I know of no better preparation for marriage than to be single and satisfied with Christ. I'll tell you both men and women, here's a big clue for you. I'm not saying it's a prophecy, but if you want it to be one, grab it. There's, there is no one more appealing, no one more attractive than a man or a woman filled with the Holy Spirit and satisfied with Christ. Amen and amen. That's a great basis for for marriage. And so Jesus' heart was revealed. The reality of Jesus was revealed. We know the gift of prophecy, even in a congregational setting, can have the same effect of exposing the hearts of people to the heart of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 24 and 25 says, But if an unbeliever or someone who doesn't understand comes in, that's into a meeting, while everybody's prophesying, he will be convinced by all that he is a sinner and will be judged by all, and the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. So he will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. So the reality of God and the Holy Spirit is very often exposed and revealed by supernatural manifestations, such as words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and words of prophecy. But there is another purpose to this. A word of prophecy from God can release the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It can release a powerful operation of God because God does not give power for what He is not doing. One of the things we train the ministry team people and want all God's people to know is that first find out what the Holy Spirit wants to happen and then pray that it will. And you will find that all heaven will stand behind you. Prayer and prophecy and ministry is not about you and me imposing our will, our best wishes, and our best desire upon people. It's about hearing God. And one of the things that we find with prophetic people is they're very sensitive to what we want and what we desire. 
And also these, these men and women are human, just like all of us. They love to please. They want to make you happy. So sometimes they will prophesy something they shouldn't prophesy because they want to make you happy. And what they've picked up is a desire, and they, and they will now prophesy that desire. It takes a lot of discipline to step out of the human side and to say, God, we know that this person wants this more than anything else, but what are you saying? What do you want, what do you want me to say? And a danger is, is, is we can draw that kind of input into our lives if we're not careful. Come on, tell me. Tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I want to hear. And so this is a, a, that's a soulish operation. We, we don't want to get into soulish operation. And sometimes prophecies are not right. They're not wrong. They're just soulish. But we must be spiritual men and women. To say, God, I empty myself of all my preconceived ideas, and I want you to speak to me. I give you a blank sheet of paper, God. Show me what you want to say. But when that word of revelation comes, if it's supernatural knowledge about a person's need or situation, then very often that points to God's power that is going to come in and meet that. Very often when I'm ministering in the healing ministry, I will first discern a sickness in somebody and then seek God, what do you want me to say? And you might discern a sickness and you might see a need, but you have to be very careful to say, God, what are you going to do? What do you want me to say about it? And very often, God reveals a need because He wants to meet that need right there and then. And so His dynamic power is released. Prophecy also releases faith, supernatural faith, and the power that goes along with it. Sometimes a word of prophecy will impart faith and release power because you say, if God knows about that, then He can do something about that. That's why that woman was so excited. She went back to the village and says, come, I want you to meet a man that told me everything about me. And it wasn't just that Jesus had secret knowledge of what she'd been up to all her life. But the whole implication is, is that Jesus is the water of life. And Jesus said, if you drink of the water I give you, you will never thirst again. Jesus didn't just highlight the need, he met the need. Our God is a God who meets our needs. Now we all know, don't we, that prophecy is there for encouragement and upbuilding. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3 says, everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, for their encouragement, and for their comfort. You know, I, I can't, you've got to kind of be a bit careful with the modern Jeremiah prophets. Oh, whoa, 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 is me, and woe is you at the same time. I'm miserable, and so you shall be miserable too. Um, now, we know that a great deal is made of prophetic exposure of sin. And that is an operation that God is involved in. But even at that, at times, it's gentle, it's loving, it's redemptive. If God reveals something that you're struggling with, even tonight, and, and don't worry, we don't expose people uh, like this. It's not about exposing people. It's about ministering to people. And it could just be that tonight you're struggling with something and, and God will speak a word, a gentle word to you about how He wants you to respond to Him so that His grace 
And I want to speak that word over your lives tonight. Grace, grace, and more grace. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Why don't you just open your heart and receive his grace tonight? Just say, more grace, Lord. Come on, people. I'm not preaching to you. We're ministering together in the Holy Spirit. Why don't you prophesy grace, grace to you? Turn to the person next to you and speak grace over their lives. Grace, 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 more grace, grace. Grace. What a prophetic word. You didn't know that was prophetic. One word. Grace. Grace to your life. Grace to your marriage. Grace to your body. Grace to your health. Grace to our city. Grace to our nation. Grace. 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 Wow. See, when you're flowing in the Holy Spirit, one word can carry a whole lot of meaning and power and anointing. Katika jina la Yesu. That's a bit of Kiswahili for you. Amen and amen. So it brings strengthening, encouragement, comfort. Also can bring specific direction and helpful information. Now, the way we have structured our prophetic ministry is according to certain levels. Just in our counseling ministry. Counseling Level one, that's bringing encouragement. Counseling level two is going deeper and bringing exhortation concerning behavior. Counseling level three is bringing the enlightenment and revelation of the Holy Spirit into the deepest part of your being so that some of the deepest problems, even which are called psychological, can be healed through the counseling ministry. And the prophetic ministry, we work at different levels. We begin with this level one, which is more simple and direct and more commonplace, speaking a word of strengthening and encouragement. Level two starts to go on to bring maybe some personal words, which might have some direction in somebody's life, maybe an element of prediction. And uh, for direction and prediction, it's a higher level of prophecy. And we encourage all our prophetic people to stick to the level that they have proved they are at, but always to grow and develop. And that we have level two prophets which are able to scare the pants off you. And we have level three prophets which is bringing a word of uh, a singular importance maybe to the church or to the nation or international nations. I met with somebody and I said, what level do you operate? I said, I don't know, just, just, just show me a prophecy. And he was able to describe prophetically and to show how God showed him day by day, what was happening in certain intricate international negotiations to do with the Middle East. And I thought, <laughs> now you're operating at level three. And the higher level you operate, the more accountable you should be. But the danger is, the higher the level you go, the less you feel you need accountability. I hear God and I prophesy, and you don't have to try and control me. No, 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 no. We flow together in the care and nurture and discipline of the church. More about that later. Helpful direction for your life. Be very careful when somebody starts to prophesy about what you should be doing. Somebody prophesied to me, you should go to a certain nation. 
Well, I'll mention the nation because it's not, it's not serious and it's not bad. Japan. <laughs> well, that came right out of the blue. But I'm open. But I won't go to Japan until the Holy Spirit says it's time. When I was first saved, and I've only been saved once, I haven't been saved a second time, because once saved, yeah, it's enough to last for eternity. It gives you eternal life. But soon after my conversion, God spoke to me as a very new believer. And he spoke to me and showed me a map of Africa. And he said, where you came from, you're going to return. And I had this impression about ministry frequently to Africa. I was born in Kenya. That's why I speak in Swahili a little bit. And, uh, and, and then afterwards, the map turned into South America. And they're a bit similar. Africa, South America, if you can imagine them, and of course a little bit different. Though this isn't Africa anymore, it's South America. And the impression was, in the same way I'm going to send you repeatedly into Africa, I'm going to send you into South America. And then I saw even flying from South America to Africa. And it was many years afterwards before I set foot back in Africa. Many years, and many years after that, before I set foot into, into South America. And many years after I flew from, from Africa to South America, or South America to Africa, I can't remember, but that was such an exciting time after 20, 25 years on the airplane. I'm flying from South America to Africa. This is prophetic. I find sometimes God just has to say a few words to me, and 20 years later, it's still happening. So be careful of people who give you six prophecies before breakfast and are in digestion by lunchtime. So, that's a, a little bit about a taste of, of prophecy. Now, when we talk about receiving personal prophecy, we have to give a few, uh, a few words of encouragement and advice about this. Personal prophecy. 1 Timothy 1 verse 18. Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by following them, you may fight the good fight. Wonderful word, because it tells us that personal prophecy has a place. Some teachers today say, no, no, personal prophecy doesn't exist. And they actually point to abuses and problems. And, you know, listen, if there's no herd in the stalls, you don't have to mark it out. And I'm trying to say, we're a church... We make lots of mistakes. We're not perfect. Uh, and uh, stuff that we have to sort out. But I would far rather muck out the stable than to have no herd in the stable. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, in other words, we are learning. All of us are learning. I've made many, many, many mistakes in giving prophecies. The one, one of the first words of knowledge and prophecies, Bruce, thank you very much, Bruce, reminded me of this today. I stood up in my, so excited, in Kensington, 11 o'clock service, Wynne Lewis was there, and I said, the Holy Spirit has shown me that there is somebody in this building with an ear. Yes, you have an ear. Where are you? Somebody here with an ear. Hmm. What I had seen was a picture of a diseased ear. And I forgot to say, oh, by the way, it's an ear problem. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful how God uses crazy people like us 
we got any more crazy people here? Okay, God will use you as well. And I also remember when I was giving quite an in-depth prophetic word about a person who was in the building, and uh, there was a the father was a Methodist minister, and, and, and the mother had said something, and the father had said something, and everything was right except I got mother and father mixed up at a certain point. And the lady sort of said, it was my mother, not my father, but I'm standing anyway. <laughs> so don't expect infallibility. There's nobody infallible but Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And very often, a prophetic word comes as a kind of core revelation. It doesn't come word for word with infallible inspiration like the Bible. The Bible is word for word, infallibly inspired. But prophetic words in today's generation, they're not. They're not somebody to say we, are, we, we have to expect mistakes. But no, it's not the same level of inspiration as Scripture. So one of the first proofs that you are moving in the Holy Spirit in prophecy is if that you are willing to be corrected by the Scripture. Um, many years ago, there was a woman who was very... She fancied herself as a prophet. There's a big difference, you know. She fancied herself as a prophet, and she stood up. So don't worry, there's nothing wrong with where you're sitting, because you're absolutely sitting just, just where you are today, but you're free, and you're full of joy, and you're okay, all right? She stood up, and she said, The Holy Spirit shows me that as the body of Jesus was lying, corrupting in the tomb, and when the door was open, fresh air breathed in, and that freshened fragrance is here today. So, okay. So, we didn't say, Lady, you know, <laughs> you're banned. We took her aside after and said, Lady, you know, you just got a bit carried away. Because, you see, the Bible says that Jesus did not suffer corruption in the tomb. Remember that? He would, God would not allow His Holy One to see corruption. God allowed His Holy One to go to the cross because that's where redemption was bought. The blood of Jesus saves you and sets you free. But God said, at the end of that, that's enough. I will not allow my Holy One to go through the process of corruption. And God raised him from the dead. So it's a very important biblical point that Jesus didn't rot in the grave. He was resurrected. He didn't rot. So this is what we said to the lady and taught her that. She should have known anyway. Do you know what she said? I don't care what the Bible says. I'm telling you what God told me. So you can see the lady's spirit was wrong. So being subject to the Word of God is so important and significant in this whole ministry of prophecy. But back in 1 Timothy 1, verse 18, it's very interesting. Paul says, Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you. So Timothy had prophecies over his life. Genuine, tried, tested, proven prophecies. But they were not yet fulfilled. How many people have got unfulfilled, genuine prophecy over your life waiting to be fulfilled? Just wave your hands and remind God a little bit. And this is another misnomer. We think just because it's said, it's going to happen. When something is said over your life, it's an invitation to partner with God and fulfill the conditions of faith, belief, and obedience 
that will bring it about. And Paul says, yeah, your prophecies, the prophecies made about you, I'm teaching you in keeping with those prophecies. It shows that the apostle Paul knew how to nurture a genuine word over somebody's life. So if you have a genuine word from God, write it down and feed it with the instruction that comes from the Word of God and saying, God, you've called me to be a mighty, 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 mighty man of God. And you might add, for emphasis, just another mighty. The prophet said three mighties and you've got four. One man said, a prophet prophesied of him, God is going to give you millions of pounds are going to work through, move through your hands. And afterwards he said, you hear the prophet? The prophet said, billions, billions. Well, the prophet said, millions, not billions, but from that day to this, <laughs> God is so true to his word, millions of pounds have passed through his hands in his business dealings. And of course, some has remained. Some has remained. But we can get so excited about prophecy and we can exaggerate it. Sometimes we can hear what was never said. That's why we encourage you to keep a record of the prophetic words. Write it down. And, and when we are conducting our prophetic presbytery, we, we're going to have one soon, aren't we, Bruce? We're going to have a prophetic presbytery when the whole evening will be given over to people having prepared to hear from God and to come in and you sit and they speak over your life all within the, the proper checks, balances, and controls or as you would expect to happen for security and spiritual security and so on and so on. But it's, they're recorded. They're word for word recorded so that you can take them and play them, listen to them, and you can then play them back. Sometimes it might not mean a lot at the particular time. And then you can go back to them and say, wow, how accurate that was. And also, you can, <laughs> it can stop you from misinterpreting it and misrepresenting the word of the Lord. Sometimes we hear what we want to hear. And the prophet hasn't got it wrong. Nothing wrong with what is said, but something is the wrong with the way we've heard it. And so, and when, when that happens, you keep on feeding that prophetic word with instruction from the word of God. And then Paul says something quite amazing. He says, so that by following them, following them. In other words, the prophetic word has a place. You may fight the good fight. In other words, wage war in the Spirit with the Word of God spoken over your life. Now, sometimes people are so longing for a prophetic word, they don't know what they're letting themselves in for. Because after all, why does God want to speak to you? And I found it like this. When a prophetic word has been spoken over my life, and don't forget, we all have the Holy Spirit, and we can all hear God. We all have the Holy Spirit. We can all hear God. And then when the Holy Spirit speaks a word over your life, you say, isn't that wonderful? God is going to give you a mighty healing ministry, brother. And you think, praise God. And then you have sickness starts hitting you. Sickness starts hitting your family. And you say, but I'm supposed to have a healing ministry. The last three people that I prayed for got worse, and the fourth one, I caught what they had. <laughs> Remember the prophecy. 
God will give you a word in advance knowing that you're going to go through a test that you can hold on. I refuse this. I reject this. I know I'm going to break through. God, you've told me I'm going to be used mightily in healing. I'm going to wait on you. I'm not going to be discouraged, God, because I am fighting and waging war with a prophetic word spoken over my life. Maybe this is a little exaggeration, but I'm not sure I'll have to go home and analyze it. But right now, I can't think of anything that God has ever said over my life and told me what I should do and told me what's going to happen other than that immediately all my circumstances lined up in the opposite direction. What kind of word is that? Well, God gave you that word because he knows there's a battle ahead because we are at war. And God gives you sometimes special word so that you have a special weapon or a special key to unlock the door, to fight that fight. So be encouraged. Don't be discouraged. Well, they told me that I was going to be a wealthy person and give a lot of money to the church, and right now I'm in overdraft. <laughs> fight. Fight. Take that word. And you can be on your own. You can be as crazy as you like. Nobody is there to stop you. I speak to my bank account now. <laughs> Line up with the word of God. Bank account. Be healthy. Be healed. <laughs> but remember the instructions in keeping with the prophecy. Are you a giver? Are you exercising faith? Are you following the Holy Spirit's instructions because prophecy isn't some magical formula like fairy dust. Here's a bit for you. Oh, everything's wonderful. No. We work through the processes according to the spiritual principles of the kingdom of God which are written and recorded, revealed in the Word of God. Those instructions in keeping with the prophecies or how you fight that fight. Now, a word or two about testing personal prophecy. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 19 to 22. Do you know, this is so sane, sober, and balanced, and wonderful advice. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Very strong. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Interesting. That even in those days, people were suspicious of, I have a word from the Lord for you, who, who. And people were not as open as they might be. Paul says, don't quench the Spirit. Be open to what God wants to say to you through these spiritual gifts. But he hasn't finished yet. Test everything. Test it. Don't just accept it. Just because somebody looks spiritual and who is standing like a, an angel outside the church building. There's a clue. Waiting off the premises to pounce on you as you exit the car park with a word from God. I have a word from God. Somebody did this to me. They don't do it very much nowadays. Did this to me 
somebody I never knew, didn't know anything about, didn't know who she was, where she came from. She wasn't prepared to divulge any of that. And she said, I must see you because I have a word from God. And if you don't obey it, you'll be in big trouble. So I said, okay, well, you know, that can happen. Amen. Well, no, no, me? No. Don't you know who I am? I'm Colin Dye. I am the past, the senior minister. No, 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 no. I need to be as open as anybody else to what God wants to say to me through whomever he chooses. So we have a protocol. So I said, okay, what I want you to do is to write this down, send it to me together with who you are, where you're from, what your name is, and who your pastor is. Because that she wasn't from this church. She refused and cursed me because I wasn't open to the Holy Spirit. So that's witchcraft. Don't let it touch you. And doesn't, it doesn't touch you. Don't let people manipulate you. There are so many people on the fringes of church, churches in London who, can, who set themselves up because they have no discipline in their lives. They're not, they don't know the Bible. They're not in church authority, under church authority. And they are these spiritual mavericks. And actually, tragically, too many people with a genuine gift from God are in that category. Our vision and desire is to bring them into the household where they can understand that there is a structure, a strategy, there's a discipline, there's an accountability, and within it that our gifts flourish in Jesus' name. I don't let anybody come onto the platform make an announcement other than say, do you know what? You could have said it better, or that part was good. So if we're doing that for announcements, how much more should we be careful to shape and hone and develop our spiritual gifts? Amen and amen. So test everything, and I'll just give you some ideas on that in a moment. Then it says, hold on to the good. This is a big clue. There will be some good stuff and some other stuff. Test everything, reject the stuff, that, but hold on to the good stuff. And then he says, avoid every kind of evil. Hold on to the good, but reject that stuff which is not of God. And uh, sometimes people will give you a word that is a bit impure, rather than false, rather than false. And, and maybe they're just trying to be too clever. And sometimes, you know, I say, look, I'm seeing something. I don't know what it is. I don't know how far this goes, but this is what I'm seeing. Instead of to try to fill in the gaps myself, as if God has given you a crossword puzzle with clues. Seven across a woman, eight down, a woman with a leg, four across, a woman with a sore leg. Uh, it's not like that. But the wonderful thing is, is that even a tiny fragment, God never wastes his breath, a tiny fragment of information can trigger something in somebody's life. So it's not about, look at me, look how clever I am. One lady came for counseling and said, um, I said what's your problem? She said, you tell me. I said, well, no, you're here to say, no, no, I, I'm not going to tell you unless you tell me. So that's ridiculous. And I was annoyed. Do you know what I was even more annoyed? That God did tell me. I said, God, you shouldn't do that. This lady's ridiculous, sitting, putting me on the spot like that. But as I looked at her over her head, the words came, spelled out, the letters, D-I-V-O-R-C-E. So I said, you're here to talk about a painful experience in your life relating to your divorce. And maybe it helped her. 
that was something she found hard to open up about. So what, what sometimes is frustrating is the Holy Spirit really keeps you on your toes. And, and you're sometimes the best advice is the wrong advice because Holy Spirit can, can, can overrule. You know, one of the things that I find very difficult in senior leadership is all the mistakes that the staff make. And sometimes I get very upset with the mistakes the staff make, but I get doubly upset when God takes those mistakes and makes it work better than my original plan. <laughs> Isn't God wonderful? You may, you may miss an appointment and you're very upset, but because you missed the appointment, you met with God's appointment. So this whole thing about moving in the Holy Spirit is that it, He breaks out of all of our boundaries. And just when we think we've got it right, and I'm one of these people, it's one, two, three, this is how we do it, follow me. And then the Holy Spirit says, no, you can't box me in. It's wonderful how the Holy Spirit works. But that means all the more, every single one of us need to develop that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Can I give you a picture, an image that will help explain this? Just imagine for a moment that your spirit, your human spirit, is shaped like a sphere on the inside of you. It's not. I'm just saying, imagine. And, and that sphere is covered by a membrane. Have you got the picture? That membrane is God's gift to you so that you can be sensitive to the impressions, the indentations, the interventions of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes He picks you up and shakes you till your teeth rattle. And other times it's just, oh, that's God's in that. And the great secret of walking in this ministry is developing the ability to discern when it is the Spirit that's touching the membrane of your soul, the membrane of your human spirit. And your whole spirit begins to vibrate in harmony with the things of God. Does that sound a bit crazy and mystical? I don't mean it to be mystical. I'm just giving you a, 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 an image that you can carry with you and say, God, make my divine human interface, my human spirit, make this membrane of my spirit so sensitive that just a whisper from God, just a little touch from God will be enough to recognize His fingerprint and say, that's God, and be able to be directed by the Holy Spirit in that way. So how do we test? Test the messenger. Oh, yes, please do. Test the messenger. And two key things to look for is accountability. Ask yourself the questions. Is the person properly functioning under the care and nurture and discipline of church life? Or are they a loose cannon? Are they a lone ranger, a maverick, a spiritual, super spiritual person? Ask yourself, if they needed correction, who would give it to them? Who would they submit to? Are they, in the end, unaccountable? Are they submissive to Scripture? And most of all, are they known and trusted by your leaders? Now, we've had some strangers come with significant things. 
So it doesn't mean to say that God will only speak to Kensington Temple through Kensington Temple people. One of the reasons why we interact and invite people from all different ministries is because every one of them has something special to offer us. And there have been powerful prophetic words by, with, with, from visitors. Some of them are invited and well-known people. We have a proven ministry. Others are those who just show up because the Spirit sent them and genuinely sent them. And the test is, who are they? Where are they accountable? Because if they're not accountable to Christ's body, they are not accountable to Christ himself. It's a simple principle. Then their lifestyle. Jesus said of the false prophets, you will know them by their fruit. That's not just their teaching, but their character. Are they Christ-like in life and ministry practice? I mean to say, are they perfect? God, the gifts of the Spirit are grace gifts. And sometimes we can reject a message because we don't, we don't approve of the messenger. But if Christ is in that person, even if they're not fully grown as a Christian, God can still use them. Sunday school children, God can use them. But we expect people to be surrendering to the character of Christ. Then test the message. Is the message factual? If somebody's truly speaking by the Holy Spirit, they'll bring an accurate word. The signs they announce will happen. The predictions will come to pass. But please don't be too pedantic about that. Prophecy, as I say, is not verbally inspired the way Scripture is. And I can show you biblical prophecies where God has given a core revelation to a prophet and he's expressed it in his own words. And the exact words don't always fit with the same perfection as you expect of Scripture revelation. So don't be too pedantic and also understand that we are disciples of the Holy Spirit. And there are times when we see a little bit and, and we perhaps don't see enough as, as much as we should. Uh, and, and therefore, we have to be humble and, and be careful. And, and sometimes the revelation is a core revelation and, and the prophet is making an error, not in what he's heard or received from God, but how he interprets it and how he applies it. Sometimes timing is so important. A perfect word from God has a perfect time to be delivered. And to say something prematurely is to blow it. So we have all blown it in those ways. Uh, I'm very careful these days. You know, I, I have words which relate to stuff. I'm into 2020 and some of the things that God is showing me. But He's not given me permission to talk about it. And we need God's permission to release this word. I mean, I can share it privately with people and receive input and encouragement, and I do do that over some prophetic words I had over the signs of God's judgment over the city. I had very little idea what to do with this apart from to announce it and to pray, and we prayed through that, and the signs happened, but they were softened, and I was still speaking of God's judgment, and I was yeah, right in the middle of the time when God was re-emphasizing grace, grace, grace to the city. How can grace, grace, grace go alongside judgment, judgment, judgment? Well, hello, if there's no judgment, you don't need grace. All right, that's simple. And God helped me through a senior prophetic figure. I went to speak to and talk about it and share these things with. And there was help in that. But even when you know and understand what God has said to you, you still need to wait for the right moment. Is the message factual? Is the message biblical? We've covered that. 
And then just to conclude, I want to say you need to learn how to check the witness of the Spirit in your own life. Because you have the Holy Spirit if you are a believer. God's Spirit lives in you. And in my book on the fivefold ministry, I teach at every level, apostolic, prophetic, and so on, that one of the major ministries or purposes of the ministries is to equip God's people. So an evangelist is not just called to evangelize. This is an ordinary believer with a megaphone. Just let Christian lie loose on London and the rest of us can go home and watch EastEnders. No. He and other evangelists are to train us and equip us to go. And some of these people, they're awesome. They're frightened. They frightened me. Brett, the big, I just see the picture now. I heard to this man, I don't know why he looks big to me. This big Russian man saying, shut up. <laughs> Keep quiet. And Brett put his hand on him and said, come Holy Spirit. Jesus, do something. Maybe he found Christ. He said, I couldn't possibly do that. Well, just stand next to them. Stand behind them. <laughs> These guys will help you. And not everybody is called to the same thing. We're all called to witness and evangelize. Go out on the street team. You will learn something. You'll discover that you can do things you never thought possible. But we're not all the same, are we? So a prophet is there also not just to prophesy, but to train God's people to hear from God for themselves. And here's where it comes in. Look for a prophetic witness. Look for confirmation. Confirmation in your own spirit. Most prophetic words given to you personally should be a confirmation of what God is already saying to you. Most. And if it's something like, like Japan, way out there, I wasn't thinking about Japan. I haven't rejected that. I put it on the back burner. It's on the slow cooker. And the time will come when we'll discover what God is intending in that area. I could go to Japan. I've had invitations, but no release in my spirit. Do you get me? All right. So another question, does the prophecy attempt to bypass your responsibility making your decisions? Thus says the Lord, Tom, marry Jane. Ah, uh, ah, uh, run a mile, especially if Jane's prophesying. <laughs> or Tom. All right. Come on now. Prophecy isn't there to bypass your responsibility for making your decisions. Does the prophecy avoid over, overly personal areas of your life? Like what color you should paint your house. Excuse me. Just be careful in those areas. Does the prophecy conform to the standards of sanctified common sense? God tells me that you should go to Nelson's column, climb it, and stand on your head for six hours saying, Jesus is Lord. Now, is that likely to be a word from God? What would you say? Is it impossible to be a word from God? Well, it's out there. <laughs> you know, it's near, near the impossible uh, thing, but check it out. Check it out. And then also, very important... Ask yourself, what level of prophetic operation is this person claiming to have? So if they prophesy over you and tell you to go to number 10 tomorrow and deliver this message to 
to uh, David Cameron, they are claiming not just to be a first-level prophet, exhortation, encouragement, or even second-level with some predictive, directive element, but they're claiming to be just about the most amazing prophet you've ever met, that that could be from God. And so it stands to reason that a person can prophesy way outside of the proportion of their faith. So sometimes we get a bit carried away. And don't despise that because that's the, sometimes the only way people can learn. That's why we want to nurture these gifts, give people freedom to grow and develop, security sometimes to make mistakes and to, not, uh, and to recover from that and to learn from it. Now, of course, acting on personal prophecy. Make sure that you write down, record what you have received. Check it out so that you can remember it. Wage the warfare that I've been speaking about. And remember the small print. One of the most highly developed prophetic ministries uh, in the world is Bill, Bill Heman Ministries. I've learned a lot from him and uh, and. Uh, he actually, in his literature, describes this. All, all, he goes as far as to say this, all personal prophecy is conditional. In other words, you have to play your part. And he gave a, an outstanding, amazing prophecy over 20 years ago. And I'm still waiting for it. But God doesn't want me just to wait for it, but to wait on it. Big difference. You can miss it by thinking, oh, God said it, it's going to happen. No, no. Personal prophecy presupposes that you continue to walk with Jesus, seek Him, wait on Him, and wage warfare with your prophecies. And when you act on that prophecy, do so with wisdom and dependence on the Holy Spirit. In keeping with every other Christian discipline, including prayer, counsel, study and application of Scripture, Holy Spirit fellowship, and do not neglect the gift that He has imparted to you. Keep the prophecy alive in your spirit. Well, that's a bit of a sketchy presentation. Get the book, read some more. I've tried to give you some stuff which will help balance and will help guide. Can't say everything in one night, but we're going to continue over the weeks as the Holy Spirit leads to, to touch on these things. Okay. Have you learned something tonight? All right. So what we're going to do now, I can have the musicians back on, on, on the platform now. I'd like the uh, ministry team to come and stand here at the front, and I'd like a, a microphone here also. And um, uh, according to, uh, somebody told me that some of the prophetic people and the ministry team had received some words before the service, and, and if any of you still feel that that's relevant and you'd like to share that, I'd like you to come onto the platform now, line up here, one by one. Bruce, you're going to help me with this. Okay. All right. So, coffee. So, what, what are we inviting these people to do? Just, just, just come and stand here for a minute. And, and is, to, is to speak out what you believe God, God was saying that you think is 
important tonight for either individuals to hear or, or, or ever, everybody to hear. Okay, Kofi, would you begin? Would you hold the microphone for him, please? Thank um, you. Uh, during the five o'clock uh, ministry, um, during the, um, in the worship time, the, word gave me a, uh, the Lord gave me a word for a lady um, in glasses. Uh, with a, yes. Can you stand up here? Wow, isn't this exciting? <laughs> okay, Lord, we hand it over to you, and we ask you to move by your spirit. Yeah. This is not a show. It's not a demonstration. It's ministry by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, during the time of worship, as you were worshiping the Lord, my eyes, you know, caught you, and the Lord said, grace. Then I was, you know, trying to get an explanation of that word. And as I was meditating on it, I shut my eyes, and the word grace came in bold letters, say grace. Then I said, Lord, what else can I do for her? Then he said, when you call her, tell her that my grace is sufficient for her. And whatever she is going through, I'm going through with you. So whatever you are going through, the Lord is going through with you. He knows what you're going through. And your supplication and worship is before him. And your time of grace is near. Amen. Amen. Now, isn't it interesting that I said grace, grace, grace all the time? Isn't it interesting? So go down there and pray for her. And uh, please come forward and let's have a lady there as well. Uh, one of the things that you might say, well, well, that could apply to anybody. But you know what? You, you will hear what that means to her. A word that seems so general and vague to you actually can be very specific to her. And during this time, when he prays, God may give him some more particular revelation that he wouldn't necessarily want to speak out publicly here because it's personal. And it's, you understand what I'm saying? Okay, let's give God praise for that. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Yes? Yeah, yeah basically, um, while we were praying downstairs, I just got kind of the words that people have been shaken. I mean, there's, it's not just one person, but there's more than one person that's really been shaken. They're kind of questioning God, saying, Lord, you're my fortress. What's going on? And God's just saying to you, the things that have been shaken in your life are meant to be shaken so that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. And God is your fortress. He's your protector. And, yeah, be strong in him. He's with you. Amen. Amen. Okay. Does anybody feel that that's just spoken right into your situation personally right now? Lift your hands. Why didn't you come? And these people are going to pray for you here, including John. You're going to go down there as well. That's wonderful. Let's give God praise right now. Yes. You are? Jean. Jean, sorry, of course. Yes. Um, the, um, while we were praying downstairs, we, uh, in preparation for this service, what I had was a vision of a flower. It was like um, a stalk of a rose that was growing supernaturally above and beyond the size of this church. Wow. And as I inquired of the Lord what that um, rose or flower uh, represented, he showed that it was actually that he, um, a supernatural faith that he was raising in this house, that it will be seen um, across the, the community. Wow. Amen. Grant it, Lord. Amen. Grant it, Lord. Okay, um, um, Jean, would you go down here? And if there is a, an impossible situation that you are facing that's going to take mountain-moving faith, you come. Jean will be here, and they will also pray. You got it? Mountain-moving faith. faith. Okay. 
Thank you, Jean. And your name? It's Titi. Okay, Titi. Okay, well, I was, I was pre preparing, and what came to my mind was um, the word um, significance. Um, and I believe that some people who think that they've lost their positioning with the Lord because of maybe sin in their lives, and they cannot come close. But God is saying that you're still significant to me, and I died for you, and you just bring it to the cross, and I'll bring restoration for you. Okay, let's, let's just take, take that word. Did, did you catch what she was saying? The key word was significance, and it was relating to people who'd blown it in some way, and you think, I've lost my significance, not just in God's eyes, but in how God can use me. Is that in line with what you're saying? And that's a strong word, and God can restore you, and God can release you. That is a word from the Holy Spirit tonight that is going to release people from guilt and shame and the stuff that is hold, some of you holding you back. Okay, would you uh, come forward and receive prayer for this because that word is very, very helpful. Okay, come on out. Don't be embarrassed. Come now because when God is speaking, there's going to be there's grace for you in your situation. Restoration. Restoration. I don't want that word to fall to the ground. How, what, can, how, what can I do to help? Father, let's pray. Everybody pray. Let's not, let not that word, because that can change lives tonight. That can rescue people from a sense of shame and failure and, and significance. And God says, I want you back. I, I, you're significant to me. I've not let you go. I want to restore you. I want to pull you out of that situation so that you can continue to be fruitful and fulfill the purpose and destiny for which I have prepared you. Amen and amen. So come on, rush forward, all of you who want to respond to whatever degree that that's applicable in your life. Amen and amen and amen. There's more, more, more. Come on, people. There's so much grace in that message. So much grace. Come, 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 come on. Come, 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 come. Don't let the enemy hold you back. Look, this is a grace word. It's going to release people. Amen and amen. Don't resist. Amen. Johanna? Um, I had an impression of um, two doors, and um, and I saw two big um, um, the things to open the doors. Door handles. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. And um, I saw that when the door was a little bit open, a, a huge light was coming through the doors, but uh, it was not enough strength to open them completely. And then I saw two ropes on each side of the um, on the door handles. Handles. Thank you. And um, I had an impression that on the one rope um, is written wisdom and on the other rope is written love. Okay, go on. <laughs> and um, I felt at that moment that it has to do with prayer and um, that, um, the, that these doors um, need wisdom and love um, in order to be open that the light can come through. Okay, have you any idea what specific situation that relates to? Actually not. I can tell you one of them, because the Holy Spirit's revealing it to me. I can tell you one of them. One of them is about your children. And you're wanting your children to come through for God. That's not everything that, that is in this. That's one of them. And God is saying, through the exercise of wisdom and love, that door will open for your children to come through for God. Amen? Amen. 
If, does that witness to any of you that you want some prayer for? Okay, come, come forward on that. But that's, in taking that, that's one application. I'm not saying that's everything. But do you have any other insight? Um, yes, I just remember right now when um, at the beginning when you were talking about um, marriages or when we were praying about marriages and um, I think Gabriel was saying something um, about that we need wisdom and pray for wisdom and there was a point where I remember this, um, this um, impression again so maybe it has to do with marriages so Johanna is saying also that might be to do with marriages so two doors husband and wife maybe maybe let me explain this word has come in a picture form and we are seeking wisdom on how to interpret it and apply it. Can you see what's happening? Okay, so wonderful. I witness to that. If you do too, come forward. Let's give Jesus praise. Thank you, Johanna. <laughs> Daniel. Yeah. Um, when we were praying downstairs as a preparation for the ministry team, I saw a huge iron door. And I a could huge what? Iron, iron door. An iron door, An yes. Iron door. And you could see that the door was sh shaking, and I was like, God, what, what's going on with this door? And he said that behind this door, it's a door that can just open in one side. Yes. And so inside of there, there's circumstances that are just going crazy. It's just, um, I believe that God is telling me that this person, this, their circumstances are just so crazy, they just don't know what's happening. And God is st standing on the other side of the door and asking for permission to for you to open the door to let them in your life so that he can take care of this crazy okay so let me get the picture right iron door and the person from what you from what you said seems to be behind that iron door in the involved in crazy stuff that's really shaking and causing a lot of turmoil and problems and difficulty uh, and and God is saying open the door let me into the situation and I'm gonna deal with it have I said it right have you any idea what that might be about? Anything specific that has come to you? That's no problem. That's no problem. And we don't want him to say something if God hasn't shown him. So one of the reasons sometimes why a word given from the platform is general like that because it can relate to a whole range of different situations. But if that image speaks to you, that picture speaks to you of what's going on in your life, come forward and the team will pray for you. And maybe you can share more personally or the person concerned may be able to prophesy into that situation. Amen and amen. Come on then. Thank you very much, Daniel. Hello, what's your name? Josefina. Uh, Josefina, tell us what the Lord has shown you. Uh, we were praying for what Katie used to do in the healing ministry. And what do you mean we used to do in the healing ministry? We used to do the big time. Oh, you mean go out into big meetings? No, the well that God saying that is going to be open again. All right. So what the lady the is referring to is the, the, the birth of Kensington Temple that was birthed in the apostolic ministry of George Jeffries with wonderful healing miracles taking place in this, in this building. Go on. That is in the old now, but the new thing yes. that the Lord is going to do, yes. He will perfect it all, and yes. He will do it. And in the, before the end of it, He said to pray for all those that in the ministry that we all will be part of it. Amen. Amen. You believe that? Yes. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Josephina. 
have a word of encouragement for two different group of people. One is um, they have given hope, and hope is being deferred, and they've been so much discouraged. And the other group is spiritually, actually. They've been working very hard, but they are not seeing fruit yet. And um, what God is saying is his heart over you is love, and because of his love, he is saying that, be still and know that I am your God. Okay, so what I'm hearing, tell me if I'm communicating properly, two groups of people, one group where hope has been deferred, they've been disappointed, and then they're discouraged. Another group of people that have been working hard, not experiencing fruit, and Jesus says, the, God says, be still and know that I am God suggesting that God knows this, he's got his hand on it, yeah. and it's not over yet. Yes. God is going to work. Yeah. That's a word of encouragement. Yeah. Amen? Let's receive that. Well done. Thank you ever so much. Okay, are you guys ready now to... Uh, yeah, okay. You, you guys ready to, to play? Come forward and be ready. So there's an, another word coming here. Thank you, Daniel. Um, I believe that there may be a few people here who over the last three days, so this weekend, news has come to you of a friend or a loved one, a relative, who has been diagnosed with cancer. Um, and the specific word that I've got is uh, you've heard, news has come to you, that somebody that you know has been diagnosed with testicular cancer in particular. And um, I want to pray for that. I, I don't quite have the person I don't want to point out. Okay. But, oh, okay, yeah. Okay, well, uh, come on then. They're coming right down here. So, so if you'd like to go down there. So Daniel will be here to pray, and he will recruit others to pray uh, for, for that. Now, add your faith to the moving of the Holy Spirit. There's a word that has revealed a need, and we pray that God will meet that need that God has shown a need because he wants to work. So stretch your hands forward to the front right now and pray strong. God, will you break that spirit of cancer? God, will you bring your healing authority into those specific situations that your grace and healing would happen in Jesus' name? Amen and amen. Now we're going to open it to anybody who wants prayer for any other reason whatsoever. The ministry team will be here prepared to minister to you just for a little bit longer. But in the meantime, let's all stand together. Don't go just yet. We're going to stand together. We must worship God, give Him thanks and praise. And then in a few minutes, if you do need to go and others are being prayed for, you may do so as the ministry team, as the worship team takes over. Thank you. God bless you.